We're here on the k Podcast. Ken Brown from WGI Radio. Michael here at DetroitLions.com as we talk Lions football. Hello, Michael. Hello, Kenny Brown. A lot of good things happening with the Detroit Lions. Yeah, and I'm just letting the people in the listening audience know who's listened to our podcast over the years. It's getting close to that time where I get to put you in studio right next to me where I can uh, use my powerful mind over yours and make you bow down to the things that I want to talk about. So you've had a nice couple of years now, a year and a half of uh, getting away from me. But it's coming to the point where we're going to meet face-to-face again. Did I give away the lead? <laughs> I'm sorry. I really am. Oh, uh, yeah. How you been, Mike? I'm having a very, very bad day, Ken. Very All right. Well, we'll make it work. Uh, a lot well, of things are happening. The Lions are at their – well, the Lions brass is at the owners' meetings. These are such mysterious meetings because they, like, last a day, two days. They quit when they want to. They go home. They vote. Um, you said something the other day. You, they were supposed to vote on the overtime proposal tomorrow. They voted on it today. So I bet you by the end of the day they said we've had enough and everybody's going home. Well, right. This is the first time I haven't been in the owners' meetings in a long time. And, and uh, just just the way things work out. You know, Tim 20 minutes down there doing his usual great job and, and Danny Rogers doing the videos for DetroitLions.com, which is really, really good stuff that they put out there on video. But uh, over the years, you, you you see this happen all the time. They'll have a big vote coming on Wednesday, and when the owners will think, "Let's we'll do it Tuesday and go home," yeah. and they will. Right. And you can see them. You can see them just buzzing out of the. As nice as the place is, they want to go home. Well, it's not like the owners have to wait for a flight and call Southwest Airlines. I mean, when you, when you say they leave town, they get to the private jet and they're gone. Exactly. <laughs> you know, they don't they have to. They, do. they don't have to look for their frequent flyer miles to see if they can fly out early. Or they'll say, "Hey, Mike, when are you going home?" And I say, uh, no, now you're not. Well, the one thing that came out, we can talk about it first off before we get to Lions stuff, is that the owners voted to have changed the overtime, which I, I'm dead against. But if they're going to do it, at least they're only doing it for the playoffs where I can stop hearing the crying. So what they're doing is each team will at least get the ball one time in overtime. So everybody's happy now, but it's just for just for the playoffs. So all you regular season, because they're not going to interfere with that four twenty-five window and that one o'clock window on Sundays. They're not letting anything affect getting those games started on time. Well, you know, I, I I don't disagree with that. You know, Kenny, you've probably heard this before. I really don't care what the rules are. Just tell me what they are and play the game. And I don't really, I don't care. Some of the things that they've changed, I just, I, I really didn't like moving the moving the kickback on the extra point i don't see what you're doing as you're penalizing people because they got good at something you know and the argument was well they would make it almost every time okay because they got good at it all right is that okay well you did admit though that did make for a better game though because these guys are missing these things at the most inopportune times now and it does change a lot of these scores do you know what it made for a better game the one time in the two years or three years whatever it is i that I think it's been in place. The one time it made for a better game to me was two years ago down in Atlanta when they had to throw a 45-yard extra point. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, because somebody had taken his helmet off celebrating. Right. That was great. Right. Yeah, you know what? That was self-inflicted. But, yeah, that was really – that was exciting. Wasn't it like a 53-yard field goal or something? 
something like yeah, that. Yeah, to make know? an extra point. <laughs> wow. So anyway, that's not. So all you guys can stop whining about that until the next time you say it's not fair for something else. So they let that go. Um, Dan Campbell did not come to the meetings. He was under the weather. So they said, just say, I'm not sorry. They left him at home and nothing serious, I guess. But he wasn't down there. I would like to see him down there because he uh, – He's always good for a quote or, you know, some type of photo op. You know what he is? He's genuinely interesting. He really is. He's, he's just in, intrinsically in, interesting. It's just the way he carries himself. He doesn't have to reach for things and to say and, you know, dream up witty things to say. It's just the way he is. Yeah. He's, well, he's a natural. Well, now he needs to start winning. We got the natural well, part. We got, okay, now we got to start winning. Or, you know, that person just doesn't become interesting. Matt Patricia was interesting when he got here. And as the losses piled up, he became less and less interesting. Well, we're talking about something. I know. I'm just saying, let's start winning. Um, I'm still underwhelmed by this offseason of uh, free agency. I'm not happy about it. But I understand it. I'm, I'm not one of these people that are, you know, ready to make blanket assumptions. I just – I would have liked to have seen him sign a couple of guys that weren't on the team. And I think the last since the last time we talked – I don't think we – yeah, it had to be since last time we talked. The Lions have added Jared Davis back in the fall. I think we talked about that last week. We said we didn't – somebody, not we, somebody said they didn't want him back. But I believe he uh, was signed back. I don't know if, Mike, is that just a signing or do you think he can actually help this squad out? I think it's going to be – I think he's going to get a really, really good look. Uh, Dan Campbell had said some nice things about uh, Jared Davis last year. This was after he'd, he'd, he'd – you know, after he left – or didn't get signed back by the Lions and went to the Jets and I had a good contract there. I can see why the Lions didn't did not re-sign him at that time. I think it was a five and a half million dollar base salary and some other stuff to go with it. Made a lot, you know, it was good for him. You know, good for Jared. Look, he played hard, worked hard, you know, good teammate, all of that stuff. It just it didn't work here in Detroit at the end, and it was it really was time to move on. But I think I would certainly like to see what he can do. I'd like to go back to that last ten games of his second season here. He really was playing good ball. He was getting to the quarterback. He was making you know tackles for loss, stuff like that. Quarterback hits. If he could play to that level, you know, look at you know, I'd, you know, I'd say Jared, don't just look at all the things you did wrong. Look at the things you did right and do that again. That's, well, you know, I'd like to simple. see him in a system that uh, uses his skills and chasing right. guys out the backfield and, and dropping in the covers. That's not his strong suit, but. Stopping the run and plugging holes and shooting gaps and things, I think that is. And I, plus, I I thought he was getting very good as a pass rusher toward the end of his time here. So there are things you can well, do with him. Yeah, that second season, that that's when a lot of that stuff started to, you know, come uh, really just sort of come to him, you know. And and but I understand why they didn't bring him back. I also understand why they brought him. But they also, you know, went outside the organization, signed uh, uh, a uh, defensive back. Uh, uh, oh, the Hughes from Mike, Kansas City. Mike Hughes, yeah, oh, yeah, Kansas City, and was it Kansas City and Minnesota? The yeah, he was he at Minnesota. Before? We got drafted. I think he played last. Year. He was a starter last year for Kansas City for however long and, he played. So, right, and uh, and then they signed the the linebacker, who's really uh, from from the uh, uh, Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, uh, board, special teamer. Board. You think he has a possibility to play any? Well, yeah, you know, I went back and tracked what he did. Well, I say tracked. Went back and looked it up. <laughs> so put made that sound pretty dramatic, didn't I? I tracked him, uh, but no, Kenny. He played uh, 64 snaps. I'm sorry, 14 snaps on defense as a rookie. But he played 
he played high, you know, high, uh, uh, high voltage on special teams. He was on, he was really a hardcore special teamer all four years playing 80% of the snaps, but his second year there he played 64 snaps defensively. His third year, he played 260 something. Then his fourth year, he played, you know, one third of the snaps defensively. And what he, what he was, was a coverage linebacker. That's been his strength. And from what I hear, he's been pretty good at it. Kind of makes me wonder why the Ravens didn't, didn't sign him back, but you know, they've got their own issues, their own contract issues, just like everybody else. Right, right. And then they got a new defensive coordinator coming in, the old Michigan um, defensive coordinator going back. So maybe uh, he has his own guys he wants to bring in. So well, I, well, but he was with that, but he was with them before. I know, but he wasn't the defensive was, coordinator. I'm saying he's going back as defensive coordinator, so maybe he has ideas he wants to do. So it depends. Yeah. Sometimes guys, you know, don't have enough money for guys. Guys just move on. Yeah. You know, and here's the other thing, too, with, with linebackers. I, I was talking to Tim Twentyman about this the other day, too, and we, t- we talk about linebackers and, and there's a shortage of linebackers. We really don't have linebackers. But isn't that part of, Kenny, the, the, the guys that we used to call outside linebackers are now edge rushers? We don't call them linebackers anymore. I just wonder if, if just the, the way we designate players, the terminology and all that, what we call them, has maybe shifted some players to, you know, that we don't con- – They'd be, they're good outside linebackers. We just call them something else. Yeah, I think you got like you sense. got edge rushers and li- outside linebackers right. are the same guy, but, and you got guys yeah. that you put yeah. in the middle of the line. Those are like tackles. They used to call them D tackles. Now they can be ends that move inside. You know, so you, you either got big. I just say you got big guys and quick guys and quick big guys. So you just, you know that's all it is because you got guys moving around and like I said, the cornerback to me is the only position now that. If you look 40 years ago, it's the same position. The guy on the outside, covering the yeah, receiver. Pretty much. You yeah. know, safeties are now – some of them are linebackers. Some of them are, like, nickels. And, you know, there's just all types of different changes because of the way the game is played. Um, Brad Holmes spoke today. Uh, one of the – two of the things he said, he said he's had a couple talks about the number two pick, and he would trade it before the draft for the right offer. He'd be open well, to I'm, it. He'll be open to it. Let I me say the word, open yeah, to it. Yeah. Right, I, I have no doubt about that because you get past you know past the first couple of guys, you got the next ten who are really pretty much the same. They might just be at, at different positions, and you know three of them are offensive tackles, I think, or at least two of them anyway, and maybe a third you would rate as a top ten. Yeah, player. but I'm not a fan of trading before you're on the clock. I'm not a fan of that. I'm gonna tell you why. Well, you, I'm it, gonna say I two words. Two words. Willie Rofe. Uh, I'm not a fan of trading it before you see who's there. Because I, to this day, I know they wanted past Willing, but if they would have waited to that actual pick and Willie Rove was sitting there, who wasn't supposed to fail that far, I think they would have had a big, long talk about just staying and keeping Rove. Well, we're talking about the 1993 draft when the Detroit Lions traded for Pat Swilling. And, you, know, you're, you're, you have your facts there, for sure. I'm, I'm surprised anybody still remembers that. And the Saints, with that eighth pick that the Lions gave up to get Pat Swilling, with that eighth pick overall, they took William Rove, who later became known as Willie Rove. Hall of Famer, William Rove. Hall of Fame offensive line. Right. And played for, right. played for, uh, uh, played for Kansas uh, City. New Orleans and Kansas City yep. both. Yeah. But he, uh, before that before that draft, all the mocks had him going one, two, or three. It was no way he was going to fall that far. That's why I said, always wait to see what happens. Unless it's an offer you can't refuse. I mean, like that San Francisco offer last year, I understand why they did it early because I, I would have took their lunch money any day. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. But it, I, look, something that happened once every forty years. I'm not going to get. I know, I know. I'm just making a point. You know, another thing too. When we talk about 
uh, Malik Willis, who I want for the number two pick or want for the first round pick, the first one, whatever number it is. Everybody's talking about, well, you can't do that, you can't do that. Look at last year. I'm, go back to that San Francisco pick. They traded up to take a quarterback that didn't play but a few snaps for him all year, that had played one game his last year of college, wasn't going to be ready for the first year, but they were all right with it. So now why this year is it different? Well, it's a different team. You know, the 49ers were a contending team, but Detroit Lions aren't a contending team. Yeah, but, but they're, they're not going to contend with whoever they pick this year. They're not going to contend well, or not because of this one pick. There's no player in there that's going to change them to a, to a playoff contender than what they are now. Well, I think, this, I think the Los Angeles Rams might have a disagreement over that. I think they did pretty well by adding one player. No, I'm talking about one player in this draft is going to change a team from a three-win team to a 13-win team. There's no one player doing that. Well, okay, but that's but still you're giving up an awful lot of assets for the player. But well, what I'm saying is if you take him at number two and you let him sit a year, my, my reference is San Francisco was fine letting him sit a year and they traded up for him. Why can't the Lions take a quarterback, let him sit a year, and be fine with it? Well, that's, that's, that's not the norm what they did, and it, and it sort of you know, it, it worked out for them to a decree. They also had, they also had their starting quarterback, which was part of their plan. Right, and, and, and the Lions have their starting quarterback. As a matter of fact, Holmes is reiterating it during his press of the day. Said Jared Goff is our quarterback. Let me give you the exact quote. We have a lot, a lot of optimism about Jared going forward. We have a quarterback. We have a starter that can be productive for us. Jared is our quarterback, and we're going to make sure we put him in the best possible position. That's Brad Holmes' quote. I don't, look, I, I, look, I don't disagree with with him. I'm not going to call him an ascending player because he's in a different, you know, different stage of his career. I don't think you're ascending in the seventh, seventh or eighth or sixth year. But I think if you look at what he did the last eight or nine games, he was a quarterback who was getting better and more comfortable in his scheme, and he was a guy who also played, you know, played through injury, you know, sort of galvanized the the, the locker room uh, behind him. That look, players look at that, they look at who's playing hurt, who isn't, and who you know who's out there when it when it really does, when it doesn't seem to matter, and they they do things to make sure that people know it does matter. You know, winning and losing. And, you know, players. You, we can talk all about tanking and all that other stuff, but players who put in all that time working, you know, round the clock, year round, they don't like they don't like guys who come out there and phone it in. And certainly Jared Goff, you know, got some got some cred on his side because he didn't phone it in. And I thought he got better as the season went on. Yeah, he's okay. I, that's as much as I can give. He's okay. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. I'll put it like this: If I was at home at twelve fifteen on a Sunday. And I wasn't planning to go in the game. He couldn't get me up to go. But I think some of these other guys, Malik Willis, could get me up to go. I mean, I would, uh, let me run down there if I had a ticket. So I want to see I want to see him take a quarterback. Because, you know, like I said, you know I'm the sixth most important position to me is. Anyway, so I want that backup that you can bring in, especially a, a change of pace backup with a pass run option. To me, it's the perfect pick. You don't need him for a while. If At worst, if you if the other guy gets better and becomes a solid in the job, you trade him off later. I don't see a guy in the draft right now that's going to change their fortunes that you couldn't get in the second or third round with a little luck, a pass rusher, a linebacker, those guys. You you got another first round pick. <laughs> so now the, now the draft, the component of the draft that make or break is well, if we get a little luck. Well, I'm just saying, Mike, the pass rusher you get it too. The pass rusher you get it too. If he gives you ten sacks. If at 28 I picked a guy and he gave you eight sacks, am I missing a lot? Well, it depends on how many. Uh, no, just, just, just answer with the question I gave you. Am I missing a lot? 
Yeah, you are. Okay, okay. No, I'm missing a lot there. I'm missing two whole sacks. Like I said, but you get that quarterback that you don't have to pay $40 million a year and three draft picks to trade up to get next year. Then next year you can spend your two picks on building your team. You got a guy in the pipeline. You ain't got to rush him in. As long as he has the tools and you think he has the, the smarts to get better, it's no rush, man. Like Mahomes didn't play his first year. Um Carson Palmer didn't play his first year. You know, I can give you 100 quarterbacks that they put in slowly. Aaron Rodgers didn't play his first year. Well, he didn't play his first three years. Right, so they're guys you can you can put in and let them go. We're gonna, I don't want to get into the discussion because we're going to have – this is going to be going to draft day. I know I started it, but I, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole because this You've is going to – I know, but I'm just, I'm, I'm just putting out there I'm not scared to take the quarterback. <laughs> and Brad Holmes did not say that he wouldn't take a quarterback at number two even though he said Jared Goff's the guy now. So we'll see what happens. I got a prediction that they're going to trade down. I don't know how many spots, but somebody's going to come up for somebody. So they're going to get extra picks out of this deal, either next year or this draft. I wouldn't disagree with that. I would not be surprised if they trade down with the second pick you're talking about, right? No, I mean the first pick. I think they're going to trade down from that number two pick. I just got a feeling they might move down to four. I'm talking about second overall. They might move down to number four, number five, six, somewhere in there. I don't think they're going to go past ten, though. I don't think they will. Well, you didn't mention seven, eight, and nine. Well, I'm just saying I don't think they'll go past (laughs) ten. So, um also, things that happen, like I said. But here's I, one other thing about – can I just add one other thing about Malik Willis? Go ahead. You're seeing him move up a little bit on, on the mock draft boards, which goes to show you people are starting to see him. Look, the, who, who saw any video on him playing at Liberty? Who, how many people really knew about him going into this, into this draft year? But now you've seen him work out. You've seen you know, some things you saw a little bit at the combine. You saw him at his pro day. And people are, fi- are finally seeing him, and they're seeing him in an NFL pro environment, and they like what they see. And so it stands to reason. And plus, he's different. He's new. He's fresh. Yeah. He, and, hasn't been, he, hasn't been, he hasn't been analyzed to death. Right. And uh, quarterbacks are always going to get pushed up. They're always going to get pushed up. I'd say this every well, year. There's no gonna... quarterbacks going in the first round. Now we're talking about how many in the first round. Three months ago, well, it was none okay. in the first round. They always get pushed up. Now, for the good or the bad, they always get pushed up. Well, there's also too. There's also a percentage of them get pushed down. That's what I said. Well, it works. It works both yeah, ways. Yeah, but you, there's always going to be first. If you don't think there's always going to be first round quarterbacks, you're crazy. That's a anom- anomaly if one doesn't go in the first round. It happens every year. So, um, let's talk about some other things well, before we get out of here. Oh, you got something else to say? Well, it doesn't happen every year, but it, it's rare. Well, I said it's an anomaly. It's one out of every few years where there's no first round quarterback. One out probably every five or six. 1984 and 1985, back-to-back. Back, okay, you, you know what year this thing. is now, though, right? We are, you do have a, a calendar at home. Right? Do I know what year Yeah, you is? know what year this is now. Yeah. When you say 1984 and 85, you know what year this is now, right? No. Okay, this I, is I 2022. All right. <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> I'm just letting you know that when you – all right? It's a need-to-know basis. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? We've been on this thing probably 20 minutes now. The two things we haven't talked about yet, the NFL draft and hard knocks, I'm going to let you just add on because, like I said, I'm in favor of one, not the other. I'll let you know after you do your talking. Talk about each one or give me a synopsis. What do you feel? Well, look, covering football, Kenny, I don't care to watch hard knocks because I spend all the training camp watching football. I don't want to go home and watch some more. 
okay, so I'm the wrong person. So I just never had any real interest in it. I know people do, and I thought it was, I always, I've always thought that it's a pain in the neck and all that, but, but that's got nothing to do with me and why they should, or I should say it has nothing to do with why the Lions should want it or not want it. I just thought it would have been a good thing for the Detroit Lions to get their name out there, let people know who, we, who, who they are. And so I didn't. I, I was. I was never against them being in it. I just didn't really care one way or the other. And I like the draft. I really do. I think the draft is a great event. It's fun. And just the time leading up to it. Look, we've been talking about mock drafts since last year. Okay. And so I think it's. I think it's a really, a, a really social event on the NFL calendar. And I'm glad that the, the city of Detroit and the Detroit Lions are hosting it. Yeah, yeah, I I hope I hope they do it right though. I think that the first night should be like Motor City, a Radio City Music Hall type. It should be at like the Fox. I don't want it the first night to be outside. That's just me. I like to see them drive the guys out of the tunnel from Canada. I, I mean, I, I would like to use some of the things around the city for the next couple of days. But I I do want to see them do it more in a theater setting for the Thursday night. That's all I'm as saying. As opposed to what? Supposed to be an outside at Hart Plaza, what they're talking about now. They didn't say exactly what, but I don't want it to be outside on the first night. Because to me, the first round is more of a theater production than a, you know, than a. Well, than I a, understand your point, but I don't. I don't. I think you can do it both ways. You can also you look. You're going to get more fans out there outside at Hart Plaza than you are at. Uh, than you are at uh, the Fox Theater. That's what. I, isn't that what they're talking about having? Having it at the Fox? No, they're talking about having it at Hart Plaza and having it at yeah, campus marches. But I'm just saying yeah. the first night to me is not a big, shouldn't be a, a big stadium fan event. It should be more like a concert fan event. That's why I say do it in a theater. But they, I'm, they got two years to work on it. That's just my preference. I'll tell you one thing. When you think about it, the city of Detroit has had an awful lot of of major events in downtown. downtown from the Final Four in basketball Frozen foreign hockey, stuff like that, concerts, big, you know, auto races through the streets. Look, but they're doing as well as anybody and stuff like that. And those people who do that, you know, devote their time because they get paid for it, but do that work, they should be commended for it. You know, let's look, this is Detroit, Michigan. This is an important place in the United States and around the world with the Motor City and all Used that. to be. So Used to I be. I think it's cool. Used to be. Used to be. I think people. Well, I think people minimize it for their own personal, you know, agendas around the country, and they minimize it. But like I said, it still is. It's just that the pub is not there like it used to be, and we got to bring that. We got to do that for ourselves. Um, I'm gonna say I'm in favor of both of them. Hard knocks, I kind of like just to sh- get people showing Detroit and get teams and other players to see the Lions facilities and things, and that will help out. Maybe it'll get you a free agent or two over the next couple of years. So that's why I want to see it. Get to know Dan Campbell and get to things like that. And plus, I mean, it's entertaining for people that don't like you, Mike. You're jaded because you've been covering it. But people that don't cover well, right, football, it's, yeah, it's not for yeah, me. it's not for no, you. Right. TV's yeah. not for you, really. You know, basically, you know, we barely got you in radio. Come on, TV's not for you. <laughs> so, you know, every week there's some dig at the end that I, I don't see coming. Uh, number three, um, <laughs> I'll just let it slide. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Sheila Hamp is taking the Ford off her name. I don't know what that means, or just uh, just she wanted to save money on ink. But um, I don't think it's a big deal. I mean, we all know who she is. You know what her maiden name is, and I don't know. You know, so people are talking about it. So I brought it up. Yeah, I don't. I don't see it as a big deal. I, 
you know, it's like I'm not going to make any jokes about it. Right, no. no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let that one slide. Um, also, go ahead. Also, by the way, I think I think she sort of kind of brightened things up since she really took over the main chair. I really do. Right. As long as she don't they, come around and call herself the Grand Poobah or something like that, then I, I don't care how she wants to be identified. No, I don't, I don't right. think that's her style. Right, that's not her style. Hey, I think there's a presence there that 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 we didn't have before. Well, it's, that's it, a I younger that's thing. A I mean, she's not young by young standards of the world, but she's young by standards of ownership. And I think a breath of fresh air was needed, and she's brought that being youthful. You know, she's well, you know, and also I think Mrs. Ford did that too in her way too. She was more demanding. Yeah, she was I more mean, demanding, but she still was not. She wasn't. She, if I said it, it sounds bad, I'm not. I'm not dogging her in any way because I think she did a good job. I'm just saying, you know, like my kids now, man, they're into the whole internet and they know stuff I never know, even though they're they're, they're young, they're not young, young, young. They just have a different way. The, the way the kids come up now, it's a different way and there's different things they do in life. And I think Sheila is more in tune with those things than her mother was. Her mother well, sure. was a bridge, but I think, even like I said, she's not a young woman, but she still has that youth with her, and just like the, her brother did, you know, when Mr. Ford and him right. were collaborating. So that's what I think is good. It's just a nice little breath of fresh air in there. So hopefully yeah, it'll turn out. I, I would agree with that, Kenny. I really would. And number last thing we're going to talk about, no new uniforms this year. I'm really upset about that because they had opportunity to get oh, new helmets, God. new uniforms this year. They're going with the same stale unis for another year. And, and get rid of the prison uniforms. I don't want to see those anymore. The all grays. The all gray ones. The only thing missing from that is, uh, you know, um, Jeffrey Dahmer. I mean, they're just like prisoner outfits, man. I don't like them. And I liked them when they first came out, but I, the more they wear them, it's just it's just bland. I don't like it. Well, you know, you the, liked them when they came out, and now you don't. Like yeah, them. I just the, the gray is just not it's not feeling it. I tell you what's number what's uniform I liked. I never thought I would say. I like the all white. They started last year wearing the white pants with the white, you know, on their road uniform. I mean, and, sure, and, and bright white too. Yeah, yeah. bright white. I like that one, and I like the all blue. I I never thought I would like the all blue. I like the all blue. Well, if they're going to go back, whatever the throwbacks are, whatever they designate, I want them to go back to 1994, the ones they wore. Yeah. On game three against the Lions at Dallas, Barry Sanders against Emmett Smith. Okay. Barry ran them all the way, ran them right out of Fort Worth. Now I'm done with the throwbacks, too. I, they were good for a couple, 20 years, but I'm, I'm done with those now. Let's just get something new and get a blue helmet next year. I think they should get the, make the helmet blue, change the lion on I mean, just mix some stuff up. Don't be so, you know, set in your ways. Right. You know what? I know you don't get to that, but that's okay. I, I, well, I don't, but you know, but just wear visors instead of helmets. That's right. Okay? All that's right. Golf. So we'll talk next week when the Lions probably haven't signed anybody else. Uh, Tease Tabor, should we look out for him next week on a signing since they're bringing Jared Say back? Night, Kenny. Say <laughs> we'll be back next week with more exciting coverage of the upcoming Lions season and NFL draft. Thank you, Michael. Okay. I, I got a call in from Dante Culpepper. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>